0: W Media Spy Talk, a podcast at
1: the intersection of intelligence, foreign policy, national security and military operations.
0: Hi there, welcome to another edition of Spy Talk. I'm going to be talking today with Jim Lawler, who spent about 25 years working undercover in the CIA's clandestine operations directorate, retiring in 2005 as a highly decorated member of its senior intelligence service. He also, by the way, ran the op that took down the notorious AQ Khan nuclear smuggling gang. The last time he was on the show, he was talking and writing a lot about the psychological dynamics and moral considerations... A CIA officer faces in recruiting foreigners to turncoat and commit treason against their governments. Today, we're confronted with another kind of turncoat. The man who apparently leaked the hundreds of highly classified documents to his friends on the Discord chat platform, which is popular with gamers and apparently gun enthusiasts, He's been identified as Jack Teixeira, a young member of the Massachusetts Air National Guard. His motive seems only to have been to show off. Jim Lawler, welcome back to Spy Talk. What do you make of this mess?
1: Well, it's a mess for everybody. It's a mess for us. It's a mess for the Russians. Actually, I, I was impressed with how thoroughly our intelligence organizations, CIA, DIA, etc., have penetrated the Russian military and the Russian intelligence organizations. Um, I'm thinking, boy, you know, if, as a, uh, ardent fan of our intelligence community, I'd say, you know, well done in that respect. I'm sure. I'm sorry that these mm-hmm. things leaked, but I bet you their heads are going to roll in the Kremlin over this. Uh, the fact that the, um, uh, you know, that the Russian intelligence services have been much more candid about Russian losses in Ukraine than the Russian military has. Uh, that's got echoes of Vietnam to me. Jeff, you were in Vietnam, you probably as a military intelligence officer, and you probably saw some of this as well, where the, the body counts were either exaggerated one way or another. And it's it's really sad that 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 happened in Vietnam, but I see, you know, this echo of history now in Russia.
0: Mm -hmm. So, in other words, let's just remind readers who, who, who haven't followed this closely that what these documents show that the, is that the Russian casualties are much, much higher, uh, although those of us who have followed it closely uh, generally had a sense that the, the Russian casualties were very, very high, much higher than the Russians had, had been admitting. Of course, the damage here is also it's also showing Ukraine losses are, are are very, very high. But one thing occurs to me, you know, you, you and I are- are a little bit long in the tooth and we know the cia history of counterintelligence, and there was sort of this dark period when the legendary counterintelligence chief James Jesus Angleton was so paranoid about CIA about uh, Russian penetration of the CIA that essentially he 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 ended up shutting down or paralyzing a lot of uh, CIA operations against Russia because he was afraid that every operation was maybe a double agent operation, and so on. And I can imagine, and I'm sure you can too, that Russian counterintelligence is just going bananas searching for CIA spies or or nodes of uh, electronic leaks to to CIA and NSA and so on.
1: I'm I'm certain they are. You know, it's a uh, it's that old joke about we've got good news and bad good, bad news. The good news is we've caught a spy. The bad news is we've caught a spy. And <laughs> and so that's got to be right. it's got to be instilling a lot of fear. Uh, in ranks, and in fact, I'm I'm always a uh, an optimist in matters like this. This could lead to more Russian penetrations volunteering to us to either defecting or whatever, because they suddenly feel like my government doesn't trust me. Uh, I've disagreed with this policy of invading Ukraine from the start. I've seen all these Russian my countrymen dying over there. Uh, I tend to think that this could actually help us recruit more Russians. And it certainly throws them into a state of paranoia, as you pointed out, Jeff. James Angleton, I know he probably thought he had good intentions, but he paralyzed our operations against the Soviets. And this could throw the Russians into a similar state of paralysis, in my opinion. Again, I always try and look at the glass as half full, not half empty. And, you know, at this Mm -hmm. point, at this point, the horse is out of the barn with these documents, they're fortunately you know they are somewhat dated by a few weeks sometimes especially in a battlefield situation a uh, time lag of a few weeks well that's like forever so
0: um in a glass half full
1: yeah the glass is half full in my opinion
0: or in a in a, gla- in a glass half empty analysis you say well one one of the dangers is that they've they've escalated their hunt for cia assets and some of them might well be caught and, and executed.
1: Absolutely, and that's the, that's the problem is it, that their line KR, their counterintelligence people are going to be out on a on a witch hunt. and of course, we, we some of our assets may inadvertently get caught up in that. I'm sure it's going to scare whichever assets we have over there. Um, you know, some will possibly decide, well, I really will. I need to get out of this. Uh, there's probably going to be some that are going to want to jump ship. I mean, defect and mm-hmm. uh, come out. Mm-hmm. And then we owe it to these people to ha- help exfiltrate them uh, as quickly and as securely as we can. Uh, that's an ironclad commitment mm-hmm. that the United States always makes to its clandestine assets is that we will be there for you. We'll go to hell and back to get you, you know, get you out of trouble and harm's way. And I know in the aftermath of Aldrich Ames and Nicholson and some of those those fiascos that we had many years ago, we would always err on the side of, of caution and on the side of protection for our assets. Even if we had a suspicion that our asset may have been compromised by those spies, we would pull those people out.
0: Mm-hmm. And let's talk about the uh, the source of these documents. He's been identified now as Jack Teixeira, a young member of the Massachusetts Air National Guard. I mean, hardly more than a private um, or airman, as they call it in the Air Force. And his mo- he, he was not ideological, ideologically motivated at all, according to people who knew him in the chat room. He seen his motive when you look at. Uh, some of the chat logs and the reporting on this, his motive seems only have been to show off, to show his, uh, you know, his uh, friends in the chat room, uh, which was a gamer chat room uh, with a lot of gun enthusiasts. His only motivation was to show off that he had access to this stuff. In fact, he got pretty pissed off that people weren't paying any attention uh, to it. This is a a new kind of uh, leaker.
1: You're right. He was exhibiting extreme immaturity. Uh, you know, strong streak of narcissism. Uh, this feeling of, well, I know this stuff. You guys don't. Look how, look how, I'm so privileged. I'm a member of this inner elite. I've got access to this. And and I've, I've mm-hmm. seen people like that before. In fact, sometimes we motivate people to spy for us by appealing to that same sure. desire to be part of that inner circle. That's right. And, you know, I'm going to share this with you.
0: Yeah, they're, 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 that's always a constant in, in when we find these uh, leakers uh, that there's a lot of narcissism and I'll show you uh, and stuff like that uh he also seems to have been according to the Washington Post and New York Times reporting seems to have been uh, a conspiracy minded guy. Um, he posted uh, he, he opined on the ch- in, in his chat group that uh, uh, the, the US government had advanced knowledge of the buffalo shooter who shot up a bunch of uh, black people Um uh, and, and and the reason that the government didn't stop him is because they wanted to uh, uh, have the, use the incident to increase their budget, their security budget, which is
1: totally ludicrous. I mean, it is ludicrous, but but, but that's but, a
0: sign of the times.
1: Absolutely, it plays to those people in our country and other other countries that are very open to conspiracy theories. It's it's. I mean, we see it in our own people in America. We see a lot of these people that are willing to believe anything that has to do with conspiracy. You know, obviously, the government is hiding this from us. And it just it makes me, um, you know, roll my eyes typically when I hear things like that. But, yes, he was using that, uh, opining that this is a conspiracy. And again, that makes him uh, if he's saying that he's he must have some knowledge somehow You know, that that piece of knowledge that the rest of us don't have. And he's being so magnificent and munificent as to share it with us. It's, again, a very narcissistic um, immaturity. Uh, You know, I I mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier we had Reality Winner. We had Chelsea Manning. These uh, folks were extremely immature. Ed Snowden, another one. Oh, you talk about narcissism. He was going to go down is kind of like – uh the John Wilkes booth was to assassinations. Well, he was going to do that to espionage leaking and mm-hmm. uh and that's what he did he 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 did it yeah. purely for narcissistic reasons yeah.
0: you know there was uh, there's one small positive out of Snowden, you might say, depending on where you're coming from is that. He illuminated uh, that U.S. intelligence had overstepped its bounds in monitoring the communications of American citizens. But other than that, he went way beyond that to uh, reveal the secrets of U.S. monitoring of uh, our enemies and, and some of our allies. And, and that's what, of course, U.S. intelligence is supposed to do. They're supposed to know what's going on in the rest of the world.
1: Absolutely. He cost us, I'm sure, on the order of tens of billions of dollars in technological intercepts. And if you actually analyze what he revealed that NSA and we were collecting, 95 to 98 percent of it was legitimate collection. It was that, yes, there was a small two or three percent, four percent of things that possibly shouldn't have been, you know, we shouldn't have been doing. And even that sometimes there's a judgment call in that if um, it, it gets very difficult any time you get a so-called U.S. person involved, and but especially if that U.S. person is directly in touch with a terrorist or a spy, something like that. Yet properly, mm-hmm. you need to get a FISA uh, approval uh, for things like that. But at the the massive amounts of information that we collect and the speed of that collection sometimes makes that very difficult to adhere. Yeah totally to the letter of the law. I, I seriously doubt that there was very much intentional collection against American citizens that impinged upon their constitutional rights. There may have been some inadvertent collection. There may have been something, you know, small amount. But what Ed Snowden revealed was largely directed abroad.
0: Well, let's go back to this particular leak. What's interesting to me, and I touched on this on the First piece I wrote about this uh, over the weekend, which now seems like ancient times with the speed of this story, but uh, that uh, people I talked to were kind of shrugging off uh, some of the disclosures about our uh, penetration of uh, allied intelligence organizations like the Mossad, Israel's uh, intelligence organization, uh, uh, South Korea, and so on, Egypt. Um, So... Uh, they were kind of shrugging about it and saying, you know, um, they know we're spying on them. They spy on us or attempt to. Um, and and also in the wake of these huge leaks by Snowden and Chelsea Manning and so on, w- during which time you'll remember uh, until a national security official felt like the, the, the sky was falling. If this was the most damaging thing, we'd never, uh, it would take a long time to recover from all this. And today it's like... Uh, You know, yeah, we don't like it Uh, We don't like these secrets being out there And and Russian social media manipulators Are using this information uh, And uh, distorting it And uh, using their own figures And some crude attempts to to alter the documents So that accrues to Russia's advantage But people I'm talking to Are kind of shrugging about the disclosures Of spying on our allies What do you think about that?
1: Well, I, I mean, I tended to shrug as well. It's that old joke about, you know, well, there's gambling going on. Well, <laughs> yeah, actually, there's spying going on. Huh. I mean, we have huh. we have an agreement with with our so-called Five Eyes countries, uh, the UK, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, where we are not spy. We're not recruiting citizens of their countries to spy on them. We we strictly adhere to that. Uh, we, we've well, done maybe. both the both letter. <laughs> no, we do. We do. We do adhere to that. Now, do you consider it spying? If let's say I have a friend in MI6 or a friend in the Australian service who just tells me something. You know, he tells me something mm-hmm. that maybe he wants us to know. Uh, mm-hmm. The case of the Mossad, it could mm-hmm. have been that some senior Mossad officers disagree with Netanyahu. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Uh, mm-hmm. That's healthy. That's a democracy. And maybe those comments were passed along to some American intelligence officer. I don't know. But does that yeah, mean we spying on them? I, I don't think so. I, I think, I, and, and by the way, we would be bound to report something like that, that there is some disquiet within senior Israeli intelligence organizations about the direction the Netanyahu government is going, you know, well, aligning itself <laughs> with the far right. I mean, you're, you're not doing your job if you don't report that.
0: Right, we have close liaison relationships with the Israelis and the Israelis with us. I learned recently that Israel even had a uh, office of its own, an unmarked office of its own at at CIA headquarters, uh, back at least back in the day. I'm not sure right now, but uh, in any event. You know, if you don't report, if a if a CIA officer in Israel doesn't report this grumbling uh, that he's picked up inside Mossad, he shouldn't be in an intelligence business. I mean, Absolutely. you know, you pass that along.
1: Yeah, but that doesn't mean, that does not mean that we have a uh, audio device or that we've mm-hmm. recruited Mossad officers to work for us. It just means that they, they may be passing along. Some uh, either scuttlebutt or just their feelings, their personal feelings, and Mm -hmm. that either may or may not reflect senior leadership's feelings about the Netanyahu government. Let's face it, the Netanyahu government is creating a lot of problems in Israel, so there's probably – it's no surprise that there would be Mm -hmm. some disquiet and some rumblings in senior Israeli intelligence ranks. And that's probably mm-hmm. not just the intelligence service, but also in the military services. Yeah, but that's it- that's part of us to to inform our policymakers that you know there is a, there's an issue there.
0: Now going back to the alleged leaker and another one of the kind of. Eyebrow raising things that he is an airman first class. I mean, that's like E3, that's a very, very low rank, and yet he had access to all these top secret <laughs> documents, which brings up kind of a conundrum. Intelligence is no good unless it's shared. We learned that was one of the big lessons of the 911 attacks. I mean, if you hoard the information, you don't share it with each other, what good is it? On the other hand, it seems like we're sharing a little bit. <laughs> Too much that this, this essentially it seems to me this guy was a gopher, you know, and and someone told him print out these documents or 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 transfer these documents to another uh, official, another general or something like that. It's just a gopher. Uh, so are 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 we spreading around the documents too much?
1: Well, that's, that would be my take on it. That You know, the pendulum has swung instead of the, the silos that we were accused of, the compartmentation where, I mean, it used to be pretty silly. I mean, the compartmentation was so tight that sometimes the right hand wouldn't know what the left hand was doing. Uh, we were very parsimonious in what we would share with even our analysts. Well, now after 9-11, you're right, Jeff, we swung back the other way that we wanted to share that information so that we don't suffer another 9-11 surprise. Uh, which Mm -hmm. could be laid at the fact that we were too compartmented. But in typical human fashion, uh, the CIA and the intelligence community is no exception to this. We may have swung a bit too far the other way. One doesn't have to ask why a 21-year-old airman first class would have access to such a broad range of, of intelligence. I don't know. I mean, I... But... You know, yeah. it, it, you know this this probably will result in tight hopefully tightening up some of that. Let me say one thing though, that I was really sure. impressed with how quickly they identified this guy. I, well, wait I was a minute. thinking I was thinking a de- couple of days ago, well, okay, this came out on like last Thursday. Yeah, and but by, wait a
0: minute, Jim, if I, I I have to push back a little on that. Okay, These documents right. were up on those social media channels for months, and no one— I know that, but <laughs> so,
1: once—okay, you're right, you're right. Okay, granted, so, granted, that's true, that's true. But once once the government got—was aware that this was a leak, they quickly pinned it to this guy. Now, again, it's still—he's an alleged—he's su- a suspect. I don't think anybody's proven it, although I think yep, I'm about 99.0. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I'm about 99.99% sure it is him, maybe in conjunction with somebody else. But uh, you're right, Jeff. This was going in this little little uh, gaming circle, this, uh, this thing, uh, for months before, you know, basically it was their own OPSEC that resulted in the uh, disclosure that this was going on because somebody then shared the documents, somebody else shared them, and then that started to filter back. Um, to to the U.S. to the government,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but, and but these once the government are... was aware, they they quickly got the guy.
0: Uh, it seems actually the the media was ahead of authorities at that point. Uh, you know, it was the New York Times and the Washington Post who uh, quickly zeroed down on these documents and the chat room, and and broke the news that uh, this guy Cheshire was a was uh, the guy who was leading, le- leaking the documents and, and they reported early in the morning in the most under whelming headline of all that us authorities are interested in talking to this guy i tweeted well, why are they just interested why haven't they arrested and why is this leaking before the fbi has gotten on to him it's just uh, there's so many questions uh, revolving on this leak so let me
1: let me let me go back to something we talked about earlier okay where we talked about we talked about the uh, fact that ed snowden did reveal some collection against american citizens could it be that some now the law enforcement is a little bit reluctant to pursue too vigorously until they know they've got a slam dunk case against somebody whereas you guys in the journalist field you can do whatever you darn well please as long as you don't break a law but you can be very aggressive in going after this I I'm, I'm just wondering we talk about that pendulum it could be that the pendulum has swung too much you know oh gosh hands off this we got to be careful it's an American citizen and so I mean that 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 goes for counterintelligence investigations mm-hmm. as well. Not
0: Think to beat a that. dead horse here, but it seems like the New York Times had gotten a whiff that uh, the doc the, these documents were floating around in this particular these chat rooms. It turned out not just the Discord mm-hmm. gaming channel, um, and so they were being spread all over the place. You know, and and they had been spreading all over the place for months and then the new york times called up somebody
1: everybody would howl if the nsa started visiting these chat rooms and monitoring them they would just complain and bay at the moon that here you see you've got us intelligence looking at private communications so that's the that's the downside of us you know having to wear gloves and and stay way back from things like that where's the uh, free press i mean that's a you know a tribute to you and your colleagues in the journalist com- community. You can go after these uh, these folks, but I think we in the, in the intelligence community are reluctant to pursue too vigorously an investigation of anything domestic.
0: Absolutely, it's really the FBI's province, uh, and FBI seems still to be quite trying to figure out how to monitor uh, extremist talk on the web. Um, uh, and, and there's a lot of disinformation out there about that uh, um, uh, and, and discussion of whether the FBI should be more closely monitoring the extremist groups on, online, um, um, which, you know, some people were doing before January 6th, but it just didn't congeal at headquarters. Um, FBI Director Chris Ray said he didn't – we didn't know that the January 6th uh, – uh, protests uh, were coming, and, and that that's not true. Um, various FBI offices, in particular in Virginia, had alerted headquarters that that was coming. Anyway, putting that aside for a moment, let's go back to the global implications here again to, for for a moment. It's said in some quarters that China was the biggest beneficiary of these leaks. Uh, and they may even show that 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 you know, the Chinese, this is no surprise, the Chinese and Russians are spying on each other.
1: I'm sure they are. So. I'm sure they are. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the Chinese, as to my knowledge, of course, we haven't looked at all the documents, but I haven't seen anything in the news summaries of anything that has to do with much with China. Uh, so I'm sure that Xi Jinping is sitting in Beijing right now, happy as can be, that uh, nothing has come out about China, and that both Russia and the U.S are the ones that are suffering on the on the stage at the moment.
0: Apparently, uh, some of these documents are, are revealing u.S. secrets about uh, naval movements and so on in the South China Sea. Um, that ha- I haven't seen that play out yet. Um, but it, uh, But the immediate loser in all this seems to me Russia. Although these revelations are embarrassing uh, about Ukraine's uh, difficulties. For example, that its air defenses may be uh, out of gas. Um, And that's to Russia's advantage to know that if they didn't know it already. And I wouldn't I don't see why they wouldn't know that already. I mean, you know, Ukraine was long a uh, Soviet satellite uh, and even at the outset of the war, we were reporting that uh, Ukraine was struggling to, to root out Russian moles in their intelligence services. So, uh, you know, Putin has made a lot of blunders. In fact, I'm thinking of writing a piece about what a lousy spy Putin is because he doesn't know how to assess information, and he's and he's and he's, he's got a black hole in terms of. Um, uh, information about his own forces <laughs> and how how uh, the mistakes they make and so on but uh but these revelations about w- Ukrainian weaknesses certainly it's got to be damaging damaging to the uh Ukrainians but the fact that we're inside Russian intelligence um is good news
1: <laughs> Absolutely know? it's good news it shows that the US intelligence community is doing a great job of penetrating the uh, the russian side and mm-hmm. you know i don't think it's any big surprise to anybody that ukrainian air defenses probably are weakening i mean they've had massive amounts of missiles and airplane and all kinds of things thrown at them so they've got to be running down their stocks now the beneficial thing from that it could accelerate the uh, biden administration and nato admi- uh supplies to ukraine of precisely these things so it could work out to ukraine's benefit that this uh, this analysis of their weakness could motive, mm-hmm. highly motivate the West to supply more anti aircraft defenses to Ukraine. I hope it does. Yeah, um, and and then of course the Russians are going to be trying to double and triple think this. That is this planted or is this you know because you know when they start losing aircraft again, they'll think that well this was all you know made up. So mm-hmm. I I think it I think it could be a good a good stimulus for the West to come to the aid of Ukraine even more.
0: And although um, we're very discomforted by the by revelations about um, the movements of US troops, uh, uh, equipment, aircraft, and so on near the front lines, uh, it's very discomforting to, uh, uh, to have that out there. But on the other hand, uh, American taxpayers should know what we're really up to, to a, to a degree. Um, that we are more engaged in this war than generally previously known, and uh, allows us in our system of government to debate that and uh, see where, if we approve this and where we want to go. As you know, I'm a, I'm a big pro-Ukraine uh, guy, um, but I also want a general idea of how deep we are and how much uh, the military is disclosing uh, to Congress and other overseers uh, about what we're up to there.
1: Well, you know the bottom line. The bottom line analysis in some of these documents was that, in essence, it's a stalemate that neither side is going to prevail in this year, and that it will take, you know, probably a black swan event to cause either side to prevail. And I think that's Mm -hmm. reassuring. I think that, but it's no surprise. You look at the uh, huge amounts of of men and material that the Russians have lost and are throwing at it against a country which is just a fraction their size. Um, It's actually a tribute to the Ukrainians that they have been able to pull off this David versus Goliath type Mm -hmm. of uh, defense in Ukraine. I'm I'm very proud of them, what they've done. And I think hopefully that this will stimulate the West, including the Biden administration, to give even more. Let's let's get those Leopard tanks there. Let's get those M1 Abrams tanks there. You know, get those there as quickly as possible. And you probably also saw the uh, paper that was revealed about some of these black swan events. It could be either the death of Prime Minister Zelensky or the death of Vladimir Putin. And... <laughs> You know, that that would be a game changer, either one of those events or an attack on the Kremlin, an attack on the Kremlin. Sounds fanciful. Maybe not.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel we are teetering on the edge of a major, major conflict uh, that's very dangerous. It's been said by many that a loss in Ukraine is an existential threat to Vladimir Putin Uh, And that he might take uh, desperate measures to uh, blow away the Ukrainians literally with a nuclear weapon. Um, So we'll have to leave that for another day. Jim, thanks for coming on the show with such short notice. I I really, really appreciate it.
1: It's uh, been my pleasure, Jeff, and thank you for inviting me.
0: My pleasure. So that's it for this week's edition of Spy Talk. Thanks for listening. You can find more of our coverage of intelligence issues and agencies in our podcast archives here at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And leave us a comment, to or a tip. Tell us what you like or don't. We really love to hear from our listeners. And, oh, by the way, check out our Spy Talk newsletter and blog on Substack. Where you'll find a mix of investigative pieces and analyses of intelligence issues and agencies. If you're not familiar with Substack, just Google Spy Talk and you'll get there. You can also find us on Twitter for the moment anyway. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Jeff Stein, and this has been Spy Talk.
1: For more original reporting and insights like this, subscribe to spytalk.co on Substack and follow us on Twitter at talk underscore spy. If you enjoyed our podcast, subscribe
0: and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.